So we use him as a metaphor a lot in the company. And he also used to say like one step, like when I think it was asked like, how do you climb Everest? And he just said something like one step at a time or something. So we use that as much as a metaphor in the business because it is like, or, you know, you don't, you don't create an overnight success with anything. And it's all just taking those steps every day. Hi, everyone. I'm Hetty Holmes, and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to improve our mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being. Whether it's a dopamine hit on reaching a career goal, a rush of oxytocin from spending time with loved ones, a surge of serotonin from practicing self-care, or a fitness class to send endorphins soaring, everyone's definition of what makes us feel good is very different. Now, if Red Bull gives you wings, Tenzin gives you the energy and courage to climb Everest. The natural energy hit inspired by a traditional Himalayan energizing brew is named in honor of the late Sherpa Tenzing, one of the first two men to reach the summit of Mount Everest. In this episode, Tenzing founder Hub Van Bockel talks to us about his career journey, working for brands including Unilever, MTV, Red Bull, and how he saw a gap in the market for an all-natural low-sugar energy drink. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the day's podcast. Um, you've had a pretty amazing career journey so far. You've, you've been a marketing manager at Unilever. You've worked for MTV, Red Bull, and then you've obviously gone on to launch Tenzing. So I'd be really interested for you to just kind of walk us through your career journey to date and uh, tell us how you got here. Uh, yeah, so oh, geez, yeah. So when I started, I was always kind of um, super interested in, so when I was at university, I actually did a combination of law and economics. And I, I kind of found out quite quickly that the marketing side I liked because I think what I really love and enjoy is the creativity, mm-hmm. uh, the creativity elements. I really wanted something like that. And I also really enjoy kind of, you know, the other fields I love is like psychology and, you know, philosophy and, and all that. And I think somehow, you know, especially the psychology and creativity all came, came, you know, as the, you know, the, the one I thought found it most in is kind of the marketing side. And then I just thought at the time, you know, where I don't know if that's changed now, but then I thought, okay, marketing is the field I want to go in. And then I just thought, let's aim as high as I possibly can. And at that time in Holland, that was Unilever. So it was like, you know, if you had landed a job there, that was kind of, you know, then after that, if you'd be there for a while, you'd be like, you know, home free. (laughs) So I was like, okay, let's just, let's just try and get, see if I can get a job. And I, funny enough, I, uh, you know, they they hired me. Uh, So that was, uh, that was cool. And then I was there for about uh, six years. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, lots of different brands. I were uh, also, and then that's also quite cool. I, actually, how I met my wife. Actually, we were on a project there. We start our own business within the company. So it's like one of those entrepreneur uh, things where we sat up, sat somewhere else, and like you know had to start our own business. Which, to be honest, was totally different than actually starting your business because there's none of the fears or any of that. But it was. It did get my kind of you know, enthusiasm about starting own business uh, going. Funny enough, it was even called the Red Bull of snacks. Because Red wow. Bull had just started then, uh, so we were gonna. Uh, so that was kind of a, you know nearly look into the future, um, and then funny enough. So um, like I said, the creativity side is, is is probably one of the most things appealing to me. And then I kind of miss that. Uh, I miss the entrepreneurial and the creativity side a bit at, after six years there. Mm. And then uh, funny enough, MTV came along and uh, said, "Yeah, do you want a job here?" And I. I mean, if it's one of those things, I didn't even know you could work there. I just thought, you know, thought it was just a very cool brand. And back then, MTV was still extremely cool because it was like pre-YouTube times. You know, obviously, YouTube killed MTV because, you know, back, I don't know if you remember this. Were you, did you? I used to watch MTV, yeah. I used to have all the channels and it was like, yeah, all the music, all the videos were played on there. It was awesome. Pre-YouTube, you could obviously not, you have to sit and wait till your video came by. 
So if mm-hmm. you loved a certain video, you'd have to wait to watch MTV until it came by. And then that obviously changed overnight. And then, you know, MTV, kind of the music side of MTV became relatively irrelevant. Uh, so they had to kind of rediscover themselves. But that was really, really super cool uh, time. And I, uh, I was actually responsible for one of the first ever social media platforms as well. We had a social media platform. So even before Facebook was around, it was still like with IDs at the time. So there wasn't so much of a wall. It was just more like you had your picture and all your kind of, you know, what you loved, what your hobbies were. And then you could like go on someone's you know ID page and leave a comment or something. Very but cool. it was actually linked to TV. So yeah, it was linked to your phone number. Because uh, mobile phones uh, started, and then if you apps t- the TV channel, your f- your picture would be on the TV, and you could actually ask, you know, the video of the VJs questions. So, so it was quite, it was really quite cool. I was quite well ahead of its time, I think. So I learned a lot about social media there, and I learned a lot about media, which was great. Uh, and I also I also started like you know with events, and uh, so I you know was responsible for less of the local MTV awards. And I really loved events. It was like the, my favorite thing because it's so much better actually than making an ad at the end of the day. Like an ad, like you make an ad and you should put it on TV and, you know, who knows someone will like it or be annoyed by it. But in, but in, but an event you actually put on, like it's, it's a couple of months work, you put it on and then you see people actually love an event and it's really rewarding. Uh, so then when Red Bull came by, that's what appealed me about Red Bull uh, most is the whole uh, yeah event side of things, which I which I love and still love. Yeah, so that's and the association that's... with the kind of extreme athletes that's so cool as well. Like for for an energy drink to have that status, it's just it's very inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that and to be honest, that was the side you know I wasn't I was less keen on the motorsports or the extreme side. As I love the event side more. So actually, like you know, putting on like a soapbox race or. You know, just actually having you know, you know, soapbox race. There was one in Alexander Palace in uh, in London, and having like fifteen thousand people show up and be super excited. Uh, you know, so that that's the kind of th- side I really liked. And did they yeah. headhunt you then, Red Bull from MTV? Or yeah, exactly. Well, it was just yeah, one of those agencies and come by and yeah, exactly. And I got asked, and I, funny enough, it was obviously I would I would say I was perfect for the job because I had both kind of the Unilever background and then the MTV side, which is like media and uh, and social media. So, you know, and they, at the time, you know, again, when I joined uh, Red Bull, YouTube wasn't even around yet. So it was still, you know, and then so we, we Red Bull wasn't a content company at the time uh, at all because, yeah, we, we hardly had any content because there was no really, you know, nothing spread it on. Um, so... Yes, I was like the perfect, I would say I had the perfect CV at the time, which is also quite interesting. I always, always say like if people ask me about my, you know, because I remember when I went to MTV, I really thought that was like the end of my career because when you're at a big company, they have your whole things lined out for you and where you'd be over a couple of years. And MTV was a relatively small company and I, I, I came in relatively high. So I thought this is it. It's a passion choice and then I'll see what happens. But actually that, has given me so much experience and so much, uh, you know, also that's probably the reason I got then hired at Red Bull. So I think that's a, like the key element there is always to kind of follow your passion and what you're, because you can never really judge anyway what's going to be good or bad for your CV. And I think if you follow your passion, that means that you'd be good in that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's the, that was the most, the what most, most I learned from doing the MTV job. So you yeah. were at uh, Red Bull quite a few years, weren't you, before you obviously went on to, to do your own thing. So yeah. what was it about the company that you loved the most? But then at the end, obviously, you were, you were frustrated again, probably entrepreneurially, you wanted to do your own thing. So yeah, talk to yeah. me a little bit about that. Yeah, I was there for eight years. I was head of marketing for uh, Holland, the UK and for Europe. And um, 
yeah, like I said, what I really loved about the Red Bull is the yeah is the, is the event side, just the content creation side. I mean, they were well be, uh, ahead of their time when it comes to content creation, right? Now it's the everyone's doing it and everyone does content and it's like the big buzzword in marketing. But you know, yeah. before that was even a buzzword, Red Bull was already doing it. So I think you know, especially from a content and uh, you know event side, more and total marketing side, I think they were like uh, leading the way at the time. Um, so I think I just have a really great you know sense of which company is really cool at that point in time, like MTV and Red Bull, and you know, <laughs> now I've moved on. You know, so yeah. You know. <laughs> so Tenzing is it's still in the same sector as an energy drink. Um, so, but what inspired you to do something a little different? Because obviously, it's, uh, it's it prides itself on its natural ingredients. Is that right? One of the things that you kind of, when you're young and start at a company, uh, I remember when I started Unilever, and you saw the marketing director. You, I always thought oh, I want to be that one day, and then I always thought all oh, about creative freedom. Then I thought, imagine, because if you're that, because I always had to go to him or her, and they would then, well, fire my boss and the boss, and they that marketing director would then say, nah, not a good idea, yeah. So I thought, wow, that you know, the creative freedom you'd have if you have a role like that is amazing. And interesting enough, it's like the, one of the disillusions I think of having a career is that once you, the higher up you become, the more politics there is, which you don't yeah. see, of course, when you're like a junior. Um, because when you're like a, a junior, you know, you have a little budget, you have actually a lot more freedom. So yeah. I think that was that what after a while that kind of, um, yeah. And it's also interesting if I compare even the Dutch job with the UK job, the, the bigger the country, the more people, you know, will watch over your shoulder and more, you know, so the, you know, again, the, the politics is bigger. So I don't think it's not a Red Bull thing. It's just a, like every company has that, I think. Uh, yeah. So absolutely enjoyed, uh, loved working there. But I think I was just, yeah, uh, partly kind of, there's two elements of it. I just, I, when I, it was basically after I left, I was like, okay, do I want to work for a company again? I'm like, no, because I, I, I just, I don't like, I've never liked hierarchy. I've always hated people telling me what to do. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I've always had pretty good bosses, to be honest. So it's not, not about the boss as such. It's just kind of, I didn't like that aspect. So, and I, I don't like the politics yeah. Uh, so that's that's something I didn't want again. And on the other end, I was like, okay, I know I knew it was kind of possible. And I was digging around. I knew it was possible to create an uplifting drink that could be made from 100% natural ingredients and could be made with a lot less sugar. It's not needed to have those amounts of sugar or those artificial sweeteners. So it was just based on like you know wanting to start my own business on the one hand and kind of knowing that there is a possibility to create something on the other hand. And also knowing that, that that could be a business opportunity, of course, uh, were the two kind of key reasons for me to start my own uh, business. Have you guys heard about Swiss Me? They're a really cool British lifestyle and nutrition brand that stands out from the norm. They're offering innovative and delicious products that are shaking up the nutrition market with UK first collagen jelly sticks, vegan protein balls with spirulina and digestive enzymes and delicious smoothies to give you a boost of energy with vegan, gluten-free and dairy-free options. Definitely check them out on swissme.com forward slash dose and use the code STAYREAL to get 20% off products across their website. 
talk to us about the, the story to discovering Tenzing. So he's Sherpa Tenzing Norgay, isn't he? One of the two yeah. men to summit uh, Everest for the first time. So had you already discovered him while you were still at Red Bull or is this something you kind of started to uncover after you left? Um, well, I knew about Sherpa Tenzing because my dad was always a big fan of, you know, he always told me, you know, obviously, you know, the things that were before my time, like the moon landing or the first man on Mount Everest. So I knew the stories. Um, so I was always, I was always intrigued by, especially, you know, also Edmund Hillary, to be honest, but also Sherpa Tenzing of being, a, you know, just a very kind of a normal man like you and me or a normal person like you and me, uh, who, uh, who achieved something extraordinary. So there was always something that I loved about that story. And, um, uh, but actually, so, but then how I, so when I started my only, my only insight was I want to create something that's natural and lower in sugar. Uh, and that has uplifting qualities. So that was kind of my starting point. And then obviously there's two main things in the beginning when you start your own business that you're looking for, in my case, if you're starting like food and drink, it's like, what's the recipe? So how's that going to look? And what are you going to name it? Yeah. And especially the naming is also extremely difficult because you, you know, the, if you, if you're in a drinks, so if you're like, like we were in the kind of energy drink segment, that means you're in the same segments from a trademark perspective as all energy drinks, all soft drinks, all juices, and all beers even. So you imagine the amount of names that are already taken in that field. It's just incredible. So it was like finding that right recipe, finding the right name. And then uh, and I, so I, had to do- I found a doctor. I just spoke to him this morning. Actually, he's still a very good friend of mine. I found him on LinkedIn. He's like a nutritional doctor, very, very experienced in this field. And I found him and he helped me with the kind of recipe. So the cool thing, if you start again, if you think about like, you know, drinks like, you know, Coca-Cola or, or even Red Bull, they've been around for a long, long time. And that was based on, the, on that science of that day or of like, you know, or the, the feeling around that day. And like, you know, so let's say 30 years ago, you know, or 100 years ago when Coca-Cola got started, no one cared about high sugar levels, right? So it's not that... they didn't put cocaine in it, didn't they? Well, that, exactly. So they put all that kind of stuff. So, they, so the key is like, like Coca-Cola now gets a lot of, you know, like, oh, how much sugar is in there? And they're not a mean company that decided to put a lot of sugar in. They just launched a brand that's like 100 years old and at that time. And then they're stuck with their products. You know, that's the interesting thing. That's why innovation is so important also from the outset because people, big companies are effectively stuck with their products that are obviously very, you know, do extremely well. So they can't all of a sudden change their recipe like Coke has tried in the past. Yeah. And so they're like effectively stuck with that. So then it's up to, to entrepreneurs and new people to come in and say, well, if you look at the current, you know, science and current, like what people want, you would obviously never launch a, a product that's all synthetic and all filled to the rim with sugar, right? You wouldn't do it. It's just like you wouldn't launch a new car brand like Tesla that's fossil fueled. So I think, so that gave gave us a lot of opportunities to think, you know, what's based on the current science and the current, you know, people's what they find important. What kind of products uh, will you make? So I found this doctor, but then I went traveling, and then I bumped into into Asia. I went traveling to Asia, and I bumped into what the, someone told me about what the Sherpas drink. And the Sherpas are obviously well most known for helping you know people at Mount Everest, and they've all they have the two plant based brews. One is a, a very strong tea with salt, and one is kind of a, a lemon tea. And I immediately was quite intrigued by this. I phoned my doctor, I immediately did. And I said, is this kind of a cultural thing or is it, does it actually make sense? And he goes, no, it kind of makes a lot of sense because it's like a triple hit of natural caffeine, vitamin C and electrolytes yeah. uh, that keep you going and keep them going when they're doing these treks. And then I immediately, actually in straight away, when I thought that, I immediately thought of the Tenzing name. 
And it was yeah. one of those kind of nearly, nearly, I would say nearly like, well, I don't know, it's maybe sounds exaggerated, but like spiritual moments where I felt like, wow, this is it. Because I think yeah. when you launch your own business, everything is you know clouded in doubt, right? Should I even be doing this? All the decisions, because like, funny enough, that is the thing when you, you know, I always say I don't like hierarchy, but there is actually quite something, you know, simple about it because you don't change the logo of a, you know, of all the brand, you don't change the MTV's logo or, you know, but so then you have a certain thing that you can work with. But if you start your own business, you can change everything you like. And then it obviously, you know, no one's going to tell you if it's good or bad. So it's very difficult to kind of know if you're on the right track. But that was a moment when I thought, wow, this is great because Tenzing and it was available. And obviously Zing means energy. So yeah. it just felt like a great name could be pronounced in every language. And uh, so that's how I came about the Tenzing. And then I thought, and then I got, so cool thing, I immediately looked if it was available. You've got these platforms online where you can see if it's available or not. It was. And then I spoke to a trademark lawyer and I said, like, do I need their permission? And he said, no, you don't, because Tenzing is a very common name in, uh, in Nepal. Um, and, uh, but of course, I was like, I'm not going to do this without their permission because, you know, uh, so I, I reached out to the family and I found their sons. And so my whole family ended up meeting their whole family. And uh, so now we work closely together with them. And um, yeah, so they're, they're kind of part they're partners in the business. That's so that's kind of that's also a cool thing about starting your business these kind of adventures that you'd never have in a normal company you'd like you'd run into and so that's the kind of yeah how we started it's, such a, it's kind of such a neat journey in the end it just like led to yeah. exactly what you needed to be you mentioned yes. tenzing having zing in the name i'd never actually thought of that before but it's obviously yeah something to to give you that energy when you need to do something like you know very like that requires a lot of endurance um so how do you think that tensing stimulates dopamine then because dopamine is associated with coffee and getting our um, motivational stuff in place so yeah interested to hear your thoughts on that yeah so that's cool because i was like um so dopamine is obviously very important especially now like yeah. you know i need it more than ever because i'll be honest like in these days you know i do get a bit manic as well Spoke to many and you know my many co-founders or you know or you know fellow entrepreneurs and I think we all feel a bit manic at the moment. I'm definitely sleeping a lot worse, and uh, because you know, yeah, it's just the in insecurity, and uh, so dopamine is absolutely crucial. And uh, I think so. What to pure from a functionality point of view, obviously caffeine. So we have natural caffeine from the green tea, guarana, and, and green coffee. That is a, obviously a famous dopamine stimulator. But the interesting enough, vitamin C also kind of help that process. So we're normal. So that's why we always say we're not on energy drink, really. We, we're a bit like the Oatly of energy drinks. So Oatly, you drink like a milk, but it's not a milk, right? So, and I think we drink it like it is. An, it gives you energy, but it doesn't have the same ingredients as normal energy drinks. Because normal energy drinks are based around uh, synthetic caffeines, synthetic taurines, synthetic vitamin Bs, and then either a lot of sugar or artificial sweeteners. Um, and we have you know, natural caffeine, uh, actually vitamin C and also we don't it's also you know we have actually we add Indian gooseberries or acerola which is kind of just a very fruit that's very strong in vitamin C we so we don't even add vitamin C we add that fruit and that's the same with our caffeine and the same with our electrolytes we add Himalayan rock salt which we based on our research is kind of the most pure form so we kind of you know add those ingredients and they then form that vitamin C and electrolytes and, and caffeine but actually vitamin C helps the 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 dopamine production in your body as well so it's like it's the combination and normal energy drinks don't have that so we've got the vitamin c and the caffeine combination that uh, boost that dopamine level boosts those dopamine levels 
awesome. So thinking about endorphins then, so with our exercise re- routine, um, Tenzing's actually stocked in quite a few gyms across London, isn't it? There's, uh, I think there's yeah. Core, Core Collective, BXR. Um, yeah. So a few others. For, like so all I- the big ones like as well, Virgin, uh, Nuffield. Yeah. yeah, so we're, you know, and we were really, you know, gaining ground and our new SKU was actually also specifically developed for that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, all those gyms are closed now. I know, it's such a shame, isn't it? But yeah. like, it is it is a great sidekick to work out, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so it's just exactly. So we have a, um, yeah, it's like, especially because the, also the electrolytes to help you stay hydrated. So it's like a good combination for when you're, uh, you know, studying or also when you're, you know, uh, pre-workout or even post-workout for recovery. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And you're doing something at the moment with Strava, aren't you? The, challenge, the Strava yes. Challenge. Talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, well, that's the cool thing is like we launched, so what we did, so what you see right now in the kind of, you know, the energy space is um, we saw the, the, you know, the trend around BCAA. So those are the branch chain amino acids that also help with energy, help with, you know, your muscle, stopping muscle breakdown. Um, but for, it's difficult for us because they're either, uh, they're mainly also animal, you know, for animal derived. And we are obviously 100% plant based. And then we finally found a way uh, to source it from corn. So we use two cobs of corn in every uh, can of the, you know, uh, blackberry and acai tanzing. So we thought, okay, brilliant. That's a perfect moment. Now we found that way. And it's also quite, it doesn't taste that good BCA. And seeing we don't have use any, so all BCA drinks in the world, I have fun, are, all have artificial sweetness in them, all to mask that uh, flavor. Yeah. Uh, but we found actually, you know, a way to kind of source it that was plant-based and also tasted still good. Uh, because, because we have a lot less sugar, so you can't really um, yeah, hide the taste. Yeah. And where is it usually derived from? You said you mentioned animal products. Is it kind of like feathers? Yeah, and- I mean, it's a bit of a nasty list of like, you know, uh, pig's hair and like, you know, it's like if you Google it, it's not pleasant. Um, but I don't know. I can't say with certainty, of course, where all, where they all are sourced from. Uh, but yeah, usually it's just kind of, yeah, animal derived. Um, and yeah, and, and all of them have artificial sweeteners. So we're, and we found a way to kind of, you know, with the blackberry and acai, so that kind of also acai again, very rich in vitamin C, um, also kind of a super fruit, but those, those two flavors didn't only have, you know, functionality, they also kind of, you know, help make the flavor like well-balanced. So that's how, the, and we were going to launch that in gym. So we actually co-created this with, I think, nearly 200 PT. So we went to a lot of gyms, had like samples, asked them what kind of levels of BCA they would want, asked them what kind of levels of caffeine they needed, like pre-workout. And we created this whole drink together with them to then launch in the gym channel. But then of course this happened and yeah. we were like, oh, shoot. and we were gonna launch in the summer, but then we thought, let's bring it even forward the launch. Um, and then we thought, okay, well, let's just launch it online then with the same people. So we launched it on Strava. And we said, because our goal is always like you said, our goal with Tenzing is always to kind of stimulate people and motivate people to, you know, you know, we always, you know, we said Tenzing National Energy for healthy, you know, energized body, mind, and planet. You know, good energy for body, mind, and planet, and and, and that's the difference between us and like the the big energy brands. They all do stuff that you couldn't do. I mean, you can't do a triple backflip on your motorcycle. No, exactly. It's aspirational, but not the average yeah, day cool. to do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've always said let's do something that people can actually get involved with. So we do a lot in running. Uh, you know, we did a like a we did an Everest stair. I don't know that was probably no one could have done that, but it looked like you could. So you, uh, we did have a team, and one of them walked up to his stairs to Everest and back in twenty five hours. Wow! <laughs> so there's yeah. Um, 
And so, you know, so we were going to launch in the gym channel and then we thought, okay, let's launch it online then on Strava. So we used, we said, okay, we want to motivate people in these times to keep exercising because it's absolutely, absolutely crucial to keep exercising either in the home or in your daily exercise outside. And on Strava, we've had like for two weeks in a row, if you, if you um, train for four weeks per week, so you have to do at least eight, eight sessions in two weeks. Uh, only then can you buy Tenzing uh, Blackburn SAE. So then you get a code, and then with a discount, you can get your uh, Blackburn. That's the only people. So we've launched exclusively on Strava. I don't think any product's ever done it. So we launched exclusively, exclusively on Strava. And there, with the gyms that we worked with in the past, we're helping people to exercise. So we're doing like daily, we do like, you know, with Core Collective or uh, Rathbone Boxing. We've done like, uh, you know, on, on our Instagram Live. You can do at twelve thirty every day. You can do your, uh, you know, your exercises. That's awesome. So is that the only way to access the product at the moment through Strava? The only way. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's very innovative. And um, so you personally, how do you get your endorphins flowing? Do you take part in all these online workouts, or do you go? Running? So I'm a yeah, I'm a big runner actually. So I, I always I, I did two marathons back in the day, but that was more for the kick of it and going. I did went into uh, to went to New York twice. I think it was two thousand or something. But I wasn't. I actually didn't train a lot, and I didn't walk afterwards. But then, actually, when I started tensing, I found it was my number one way to kind of keep uh, healthy, but mainly sane. So I really use it for my mental health uh, running, and also for when you feel obviously when your body feels good and like you know your your mind feels better as well. So, yeah. but it's mainly yeah. So it's the combination. I, I really believe. Obviously, it's all connected, isn't it? So if you if you if you do, don't sleep well, if you don't exercise, you know your and and the thing is, is to keep your mind sane when you launch a business is extremely important because it's just it is just tough. Burner, aren't you? Yeah, I actually saw a beautiful piece the other day of you know Joe Joe Wicks. Did you see that? Yeah, he did this kind of I think what is it like when you do a talk for you for university? Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like a kind of um, work a workshop type thing. No, or? like you know, when he's, he had his thing on, like when people like graduate, like a graduation talk. Okay, right, yeah, like yeah. what the Americans always always do. Yeah, I didn't know there was a thing in the UK as well, but. And he was like, and he was talking about his early days where he would stand, he would also just stand next to one of the tube stations with his kind of like um, sign, like work out with Joe. Oh, yeah. And, and, he, and he would go, I'd just be there every day, and, but no one would come. And he, he also like, he started, he, like, he had to like stop himself because he was crying. And we, and I thought that was so beautiful that he showed that emotion as well, because I, I think when you read about those things or you see like a guy like him, you go, oh my God, he's so successful, overnight success. But, but he just, you know, he works super. To show a bit of vulnerability, it's, a, it's nice for other people to see, isn't it? It makes us yeah. relate to him as a human. You have to have some kind of way, you know, whether, you know, business doesn't like, you know, whether your business is small, big, or, or like, especially in the beginning, it's just extremely tough. So that, that's when I really picked up running. Uh, yeah. So I do that at least like two to three, four times a week. Yeah. yeah. And what about the hiking too? I mean, have you climbed Everest? With uh, no, I haven't. Well, I've been to Nepal and I went to like, you know, just under, um, I didn't even, I didn't, because uh, uh, also it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I love hiking on like, you know, you know, I love traveling. I, I loved traveling, we should say. It's like, no. Yeah. Um, so uh but like you know so we're always you know, i'm very active so i like you know i love surfing you know, i love all the all the stuff in nature to be honest so yeah. surfing skiing uh yeah like hiking 
running, cycling, all that stuff. That's what I love to do. So when I on, on the holidays, my 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 things would always be you know you know hiking and surfing mainly or diving. You know, like you know scuba diving, I love doing. Um, uh, but uh, when you know just at home, I mainly run. Trying something new can change how you feel about yourself. Now you can get that feeling with ClassPass, the app that connects you to the best fitness experiences wherever you are. Keep your body flexing and your mind feeling good at home with unlimited access to thousands of free video and audio workouts with some of the world's best trainers. To get them, just create a free ClassPass account now. So thinking about uh, oxytocin, our kind of love bonding connection hormone, um, can you talk to us a little bit about how you involve Sherpa Tenzing's kind of family into your brand and how important that is for you to kind of give back to them? Yes, yeah, extremely important because it's so cool because one uh, uh, one of the sons lives in California, actually. He was just over before Corona. He was just came to London before Corona. We had lunch together. And it's also so... He was explaining to me again how many people have named, obviously in different categories, because yeah. not there's not allowed in this category anymore, but like in the past and the future, how many people have named their brand Tenzing and not even bothered to, to contact the family. And that's literally most, nearly all. Absolutely. And they don't have that, they don't have the, you know, the energy or the funds, you know, you know, they're well off, you know, there's not that, that they're, you know, but, but I think to, to kind of chase them all down, and uh, they did do with one because they he said they took it too far. They were doing like a Tenzing exhibition and traveling the U.S. the country with the Tenzing exhibition. They didn't even talk to them. And then they said like, uh, oh yeah, no, but I, I couldn't find you. I was like, oh, I googled for like five minutes and I found immediately, you know, where he worked and I emailed them. It was like it's not difficult, you know, to find. Uh, it wasn't difficult to find them. So the kind of just to have that relationship with them and they're like extremely inspiring, extremely cool family. Um, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been a crucial part. I mean, I would have never been able to, yeah, name. I mean, and, and I actually met the uh, I know him, you know him well, the uh, the founder of Beaver Town Beer, you know Logan Plant, and we were like discussing how lucky he was. Also, like you know, he said, without my Beaver Town name, would I have ever been you know this successful and this big? And he was like, he thought definitely not. And I thought, well, you probably, you know, good. you're a good entrepreneur. You could have made it work with another name. But he was like, no, without that name, you know. Uh, and that's how I feel as well. I think, you know, it's just been a, an amazing part of the journey and it's made it much more real and much more fun and much more, like, exciting uh, yeah. than just to kind of name it whatever. So I think I've, I've loved that aspect of it. And uh, and I'd also, you know, to be honest, in like, it pulls me through, like, these days and I look at, like, you know, I look at Sherpa Tenzing on the back of our can and I think, you know, he, he only made it the seventh time up, right? So he, only six times he didn't make it up to Mount Everest and the seventh time he did. So we use him as a metaphor a lot in the company. And he also used to say, like, once, like, when I think it was asked, like, how do you climb Everest? and he just said something like one step at a time or something so we use that as much as a metaphor in the business because it is like or you know you don't you don't create an overnight success with anything and it's all just taking those steps you know every day and yeah. slowly getting it to where you want to go and enjoying the journey as well i think that's also been the key part of of tensing to kind of i've always thought you know whether this goes big or doesn't you know even if it does go big i think we'll always look at this period and go or maybe not this period to be honest but 
but um, you know the you know the, this kind of startup period as a really exciting period that it was like super cool to be you know part of. So I think that's really key elements as well to join and yeah. really enjoy. The I think that's such a nice lesson for today's age as well because I think it's age of like instant gratification, isn't there? Where everyone wants to achieve things really quickly without putting in the effort or the slog, you know, yeah. the, the graph to get there. So I think yeah. yeah having icons like him are very inspirational yeah exactly and he was actually um, that's a good topic as well i always thought when i uh because do you know what the average age of the uh globally of the uh, of a the, like a startup founder is no what would you say the average age sorry yeah when the average age is someone starts their business I don't know, like 25? 45. 45. 45, wow, yeah. okay, older than I thought. And, uh, and and that's also, I think, it's this very good message to get out there because I think it kind of gives everyone the opportunity. So that's the average age, right? So people a lot older start their business. I was actually exactly, uh, uh, well, I was a bit younger. It was, oh, no, no, sorry, no, no, the average age is 42. 42 is the average age because I was exactly that average age. Um, and the most successful time to start your business, that's why it's the 45. It's just like slight statistics, right? Exactly, but you've earned your stripes. Like you, everything yeah. you've done in your career has led you to that point. It's almost it's it's kind of led you. There. It makes it makes a lot of sense because you've got all the yeah. energy still. You're right. You know, you're not. I'm not. Don't have to feel less energized. I think, if anything, more. Um, and and you've got all the experience in the network, right? So, but it doesn't mean obviously that it doesn't mean you should wait if you've got a great idea to start your business. Uh, at this, at the same time, it should give you a lot of you know calmness and relaxation. You think like, look, look build up, hone, hone your strengths, you know, get good at what you love doing, and then always in a later period when you've got a great idea or you stumble across something, you know, you can always start your business. So I think that's a that's a, a crucial thing for people to know because I think, like you said, a lot of people see all the, you know, whatever, all the super young entrepreneurs that are billionaires and think, oh my god, I, what what have I amounted to? Yeah, what have I achieved? What have I achieved? And that's just, yeah, it's all, you know, kind of something that's just not based on reality. Exactly, not helpful. No, yeah. not helpful at all, no. No. So uh, tell us how you kind of connect with your community because you, you run some pretty amazing expeditions for them, don't you? Like you, I think you offered them a chance to go to the Himalayas for a couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah how, how do you engage with them? Yeah, so we've always said, like I said before, like we wanted to do something that is like accessible to all, but still kind of, you know, that you, you do have to like, you know pull your weight and you know get you know so we have a run club every thursday before the sun now we have a virtual run club um we uh you know we do a lot of run with running but we do a lot with uh you know with, with the hiking and trekking as well so one of the treks we we're gonna do was with jamaling tenzing so the son of sherpa tenzing and he was actually a, you know a famous and accomplished guide himself or mountaineer he um you know he climbed everest as well wrote a book of that about touching his father's soul which would be beautiful and uh you know he was going to guide you know, a group of people to uh to labuchi east which is like you go to, to it's one of the mountains there not the highest because we were actually quite keen not to climb everest especially with all the kind of you know the busyness and you know so we, there's so much beautiful peaks there uh that we thought you know kind of show people you can go there and climb another peak that's just as stunning uh, less dangerous and less crowded uh, and also there, we were there for our, we have a, it's one of the first things I did when I went out to Nepal and I spoke to Jamling and I saw that, you know, the, the lit, littering on Everest has got quite a lot of press over the last years. There's quite a lot of littering. So we said, what could we do? And we started building bins. Um, and now we still, we funded 10 more bins now to kind of maintain and keep them empty. So the kind of littering 
and especially you know it's, it's a you know so Jumling's very much involved with that it's the SCCP who do that there and they have really and with, we've helped there a tiny bit to kind of make litter actually a thing of the past in the most beautiful area in the world you could say so we and we were our trip was going to be helping with that kind of you know taking more litter down with you getting attention for that you know finding more funding for that and um yeah so that was really around our efforts uh, and also we were going to go there we're going to go meditate in where uh you know where sherpa tenzing was in the monastery before he climbed mount everest so it's going to be an absolutely beautiful trip oh and it was was it planned for this year it's not going to happen this year no it's going to be hopefully next year but have you got people signed up or ready to go? And yeah, no, no, we had everything was done and everyone uh, we had full. It was just, but it wasn't, we didn't offer it to anyone. It's just paid. So you get to pay yeah. and, uh, you know, it was like a trip of a lifetime. Unfortunately, you know, it got cancelled now. Yeah. Oh, so what's the kind of capacity on a trip like that? You... Uh, I think we were going to go with about 16 people. Yeah. That's yeah. still a nice number. And you were fully booked? Yes, fully booked. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could go on the trip. <laughs> yeah, well, you can maybe like next year. I mean, maybe there'll be a couple of people that drop out next year. I don't know. You know, we'll, yeah, well let me know. Yeah. Um. So you have a, a wife and two kids. Is that right? Two little yeah. ones. How old are they now? Eleven. The twins. Oh wow, wow. It's quite quite punchy. Um. Yeah. So how do you spend quality time together? Like, do you do you do a lot of hiking and outdoor stuff? when you're together yeah um, we take them with all our so we again you know they surf as well and they you know so they obviously because that's what we love doing so on yeah. our you know they've even been scuba diving and they've like you know skiing is a big one so all the sports that we love doing they're also doing and then hiking we always take them along but i didn't think you were, they're too keen yeah, <laughs> i mean yeah. i guess like hiking quite boring when you're that age but they still kind of like and now you know to be honest in this lockdown period we go for runs with them uh, although my no, my daughter's less of a fan than my son, you know, my, she doesn't really like running as much. Um, but yeah, so it's like in that sense, it's been a beautiful. So I went camping with my son in the in the garden the last weekend. Uh, it was quite fun, you know. Just the tent just fits in the garden, but still actually quite adventurous feeling. If you just like you you know open the tent and you look at you know, those little bushes in, the, in your garden, it's still, <laughs> still felt quite adventurous. Um, yeah, so no, they're great, and I, I and, they, and to be honest, they've also been super helpful in that they really super, they were so because when I started, I started all by myself. And it was just working from home. I worked from home for about two and a half years. So I'm quite used to the work from home, actually. In that sense, it's a good yeah. thing. Uh, and it was great because I spent a lot of time with them as well. So it's just in that really nice age from like six to eight and a half, I worked from home all the time. So that was really nice. Uh, and now again, you know, work from home and it's just, yeah, really good. Although it is quite tough at the same time, trying to get the homeschooling and, yeah. you know. And they're, and How do you balance it together with your yeah. wife? Do you just take it in turn? And they're, and they're, yeah, she also works full time, so. And it's just boring for them as well. You know, it's just like, that's a really bad thing. I mean, they, of course they love us and stuff, but I just like, you know, they're also they just, their friends they just want their friends and they're just like, you know, so, you know, I think we enjoyed slightly more than they do. <laughs> they're like, uh, please going to go back to school now. Right. So, yeah. And then the novelty's kind of worn off now, hasn't it? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's just kind of luckily now. So they just finished um, primary school last year. And then they have all the fun stuff, you know. So, you know, my daughter was Mary Poppins in the Mary Poppins play. And imagine if they would have missed all that. You know, they had went on to like camp for the first time ever, and they went camping with the whole class in the year six. You know, yeah. And, they at least uh, they've got all those nice memories. So. All those things are, that are missed now. That do, does you know? To be honest, it does kind of you know? It's thinking, especially. I don't think there's 
you know, under 20, there are literally zero people that have been affected by this virus. And all these people are just not allowed to experience these years. And, and I think it's also just kind of, you know, where they say it's just difficult to, to do homeschooling. And if you think about, you know, I do worry about like, you know, will everyone do it as much? And like, will not the disparity be even bigger? Uh, you know, if, yeah, it's just hard if you've got like as, as, you know kids that can't concentrate as well. You know, it's very very difficult. I think so. Yeah, let's hope they can all go back to school soon. soon. Yeah, definitely. And um, so finally, to serotonin, which is our kind of like mood balancing one. It's all about diet and nutrition. And um, you you touched on this earlier about the ingredients that go into Tenzing, but I think you focus more on the blackberry and acai blend. So like, talk to us about the original Tenzing and like exactly what ingredients went into them and and how it can be considered like a healthy drink. Yeah, so it's like um, so the key ingredients of the uh, of our original one, so which we had for, for for three three and a half years, we just had one skew, we just had that one, and it was based around our kind of you know, again around the, that triple hit of natural. So the natural it was natural caffeine. It's all about so what we just did there. I said okay, those three elements, yeah, we want to put in there, and then where do we source them for, from, uh, and then. And then how does it taste at the end? So that was kind of our last point of call, right? So the functionality, the, and then the ingredients, so where does it taste? And and so we the, so the natural caffeine, again, comes from the green coffee, green tea, and guarana. Then the vitamin C comes from the Indian gooseberry and the lemon, lemons. So there's the five ingredients. Then we've got the Himalayan rock salt um, for the electrolytes. Then, I've, of course, we've got some beet sugar. So we've had some, some, some natural sugars in there, which are kind of like 60% lower than, uh, than a normal en energy drink. Uh, and actually, you need a bit of... So that was also like... That was one of the difficulties was actually finding the right sugar levels. Because, um, you know, again, with my doctor, that doctor, I was like, okay, what, what kind of sugar levels? And he had a really good one at the end. He said, look, if you, you have to keep it the same level as your blood sugar levels. So that's why if you have... Have you ever had a tensing? Oh yeah, I've had many attending. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, see, as you will know, would have noticed, you don't yeah. really get that kind of. It gives you the energy, but you don't get that drop. It yeah, drop. and that's that. It, no, exactly, and that's based on two things. Based on first of all, the sugar levels are the same as your blood sugar level, so you don't get like high, high your sugar. They called hyper, um, hyper. You know, so if you've got like so, too much more sugar than your blood sugar levels, your sugar level goes up and then it comes back down. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the sugar crash. Secondly, because we have natural caffeines, it also have the, has the other. So we use the L-theanine from the green tea, kind of stabilizes and you know the the caffeine hits. So if you just have synthetic caffeine, it just kind of gives you that boost. Well, with us, you get the boost, but it's kind of softened a bit. The blow sign is softened. You get the same levels, but you don't get the down because of the L-theanines. L-theanine is very known as like a calming. So if you have a pure green tea, it'll calm you more. But if you combine that with caffeine, it's called a nootropic. So it's like, so the caffeine and the L-theanine together give you the energy without kind of also that kind of uh, crash. And that, and that need to have another one as well. Because I think there are some energy drinks where you can easily have like two because you just want to keep yeah. riding that wave. It's almost like, yeah. it's just very addictive, which I don't exactly. find. Exactly. So those two things make it like a more, you know, you get the same, you know, the same strength, but it's just kind of, you know, it's eased by the not having the, you don't get the crash. So yeah. those are the kind of, the, that's been the key. So finding out the right sugar levels and also because that has a huge impact on flavor because we didn't want to use any artificial. So as you noticed, if you drank it, it's, it's, it tastes a lot less sweet. And that's also one of the key things that I love the fact that my, uh, you know, our nutritional doctor always says is because there's a lot of stuff around artificial sweeteners, right? But one of the main things is the kind of the, the kind of the, 
the insulin spike you get. So your body thinks there's, there's only like a sm the research is just starting. But if you if you think you're getting sweetness, sweetness, but you're not actually getting it, your body thinks it's going to get it, makes all the insulin, and then kind of but there's no sugar to break it down. So you get too much insulin in your body. So it's like actually for workouts, it's really it's also not great to have all these artificial sweeteners. And there's another the thing that's really been and you don't have to like it's, it seems very logical. If you have a lot of sweetener, sweet stuff, you crave sweeteners more, sweet stuff more. And it's very comparable with salt. If you put a lot of salt on everything and you all of a sudden don't do it anymore, your whole food will be bland. Mm. So if you constantly drink stuff with artificial sweetness, you'll want your sweet tooth is obviously bigger and you'll want more other sweet stuff. So it's very hard actually to prove that people lose weight because of artificial sweetness because usually they you know drink more uh, or eat more other stuff because also it's psychological I've had a I've had a I didn't have any sweet there so then I can compensate there right so so we, our sugar levels were really crucial for us but it's mainly because that oh we didn't want that insulin spike uh, and, and we just wanted the right levels amount that are in your in your blood uh, blood sugar levels as well. So that's kind of the the main recipe, and we kind of stuck to those key ingredients. We've added some natural flavorings because it was you know just to kind of, but it tastes. I mean, as you know, it doesn't taste like anything really, um, and that was really important for us. We didn't want it to taste like you know whatever like a standard like strawberry juice or orange juice. So it's like has that own kind of natural energy taste, I think. But it's a lot more refreshing than because of the lower sugar levels than a normal. Yeah. No, no, it's great. I can't wait to try the new one, but I'll have to get on Strava, clearly. Um, so if we if we drink too much, will it affect like our serotonin levels or how we sleep? Or is it what you've just said? You don't you don't feel the need to have too much, therefore there's less likely an opportunity to get hooked. Uh, no, at the end of the day, look, because all the ingredients in there I would consider, you know, there's no no unhealthy ingredient in there. The only thing you have to watch out with is still the caffeine, right? Because there yeah. is caffeine in there. So personally, and there's a lot. So my wife, she goes after dinner and she's still working and she she would crack open attending at 10 o'clock in the evening. And I, I would not, and then she sleeps fine at 11. Now yeah. I would not do that, right? So it's really depending on your own, like, you know, on your own reaction to caffeine. And on your own so I would... Yeah, because everyone metabolizes caffeine in such different ways, don't they? Because I know, I know people who can have four coffees and feel fine, whereas I have one and it really affects me. Exactly. I would never, I would, I drink about two to three tensings a day, but then I don't drink coffee. Or if I drink it, I drink with decaf. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, but I never drink it after two. So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, it really works with me. So I don't, I don't want to drink it after two o'clock. So now I would definitely kind of, but that's really, you know, if you don't sleep, if you're not a great sleeper, um, I would definitely try and limit caffeine after, let's say, lunch. Yeah, that's good advice. And what what do you do to like wind down when you're feeling? Obviously, you run, but do you do any like meditation or or breathing techniques or anything like that? Um, so my main um, my main wind down is um, sorry, this is my that's my okay. son's screaming <laughs> in the background. So my main my main wind down is like you know the little boy screaming there. It's like just like you know doing you know this one here. So we play fight a lot, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so play fighting is a key element that keep me sane and healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better though. I I always get beaten. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I think yeah. To be honest, you know, look, you know, being with my family is one of the great ways to kind of you know yeah 
so that's lovely uh, and i also also kind of run run a lot like i said and that's like the mental side i do kind of we do have at, when we're, we're still at the office at Tenzing, we do meditate every monday morning so we have monday morning meditation with the whole team we say we clean we clean up the office and then we meditate so like we start the office with a clean or we start the week with a clean office and a clear mind and yeah. we uh, we yoga every wednesday morning with the whole team uh, so yoga i love doing that um yeah so to be honest like meditation is uh, something i do have the app um you know uh which one i haven't been on it for a while to be honest they give me the <laughs> so i do use when i can't sleep so headspace for instance i they've got these sleep casts which i use so i'm uh yeah so it's mainly to be honest the running and spending time with my family and i what i do i do notice for me that's important because i'm not a great sleeper not to be, get too active in the evening with like, you know, reading, you know, I shouldn't kind of do anything like Corona related after eight, because then I'll be like, you know, thinking about that. So I kind of make sure I, I do kind of wind down enough in the evenings. And just to finish, so where can we buy Tenzing at uh, the original product? Is it available kind of like globally now? Cause I think last time we interviewed you, it was only available in, in the UK. Um, yeah, so we're available in Nepal. So all the way up to Mount Everest, <laughs> so this base camp then it is, <laughs> which is cool. Obviously, working with a the family there, so I don't think there's many startups that have their second country being Nepal. Um, and now, you know, Holland is a new country for us that we just started in. Obviously, it's all kind of you know slowed down a bit now, but we were really well on track in Holland to you know start doing well there. Uh, we're in like Ireland, we just started in Spain. Uh, just started Switzerland, but you know, don't. I mean, I think at the end of the day, ninety-five or probably even ninety-eight percent of our business is still UK. So, yeah. but I think you know, now slowly but surely, uh, you know, expanding to expanding to more countries. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's such an inspirational brand that you built. So yeah, well done, yeah, thank and, and thank you. I uh, can't wait to get my hands on some. But thank you okay. for taking the time to speak to us today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Bye. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.